We left last week uh, the Gospels. It was a little bit confusing because we were jumping Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So let me back up and get a running start this morning of where we are. But basically what happened is Jesus has already been buried. He's been put in the tomb. And there's this group of ladies, Mary Magdalene being one, and then there's a whole other group. And they left before the Sabbath was over, with Sabbath being Saturday. And they were going to the tomb. Once the Sabbath ended, they bought some spices and oils, and they were going to go to the tomb, which was sealed with a Roman seal and had guards around it, and they were going to anoint Jesus' body. I'm not sure how that really works, but that was their intent. Remember this, Mary Magdalene left that group of ladies and she got there first. She was in a hurry and she actually got there before the sun came up. And when she got there, the stone had been rolled away. And immediately her first thought was, somebody rolled this stone away and stole his body. She didn't believe that Jesus had really physically raised from the dead. So then she ran back to tell Peter and John. And at that point, they didn't cross paths, but the other group of women showed up at the tomb. They actually went inside, and they too thought that Jesus' body had been stolen, and they wondered how Mary, who had gotten there before them, had gotten that stone moved. They really didn't understand it. But then an angel appeared to them and told them that Jesus was not there. And he instructed them to go back to the other disciples and tell them exactly what Jesus had already told them, which was, after I have died, been buried, and raised again, meet me in Galilee. Go to Galilee. Jesus told his disciples that. They haven't done it yet, and so now the angel comes and tells these women to go instruct these disciples to do that. Now we pick up where we left off. We'll start in Luke chapter 24, and uh, again, let me, I'll just read starting in verse 1. I want to get to verse 9 here, but verse 1 will give you the context. On the first day of the week, which is Sunday, very early in the morning they came to the tomb bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While there, perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He's not here. He's risen. He's got up and walked out. Great song this morning, Judah. And Esther. The, he's not here. Uh, he says, remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, it is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful man, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. They remembered what Jesus says. Now, here we pick up. Returning from the tomb... 
they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, let's, we've got to do some clarification here because that can be confusing. When he at Luke actually refers to the eleven, he's talking about the eleven disciples as a group. Judas is no longer a part of them. He left on Thursday night, Passover. So now there's just 11, but it's just a reference to the group. There's not really 11 there because we know Peter and John have left the other guys. So these ladies are really going back to tell the other nine what they just found out in the tomb. Look at John 20, verse 2. I'll start at 1. It says, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, and it was still dark. She saw the stone had been removed from the tomb. Watch this. So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple. This is John writing this. He's the other disciple. He never refers to himself. So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. He loved me, John, John says. And said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and they don't know where they've put him. Like, she has no idea what's going on. She knew the stone was rolled away. She knew that Jesus was not in the tomb. And she believed someone stole Jesus' body. Now she's gone back to report this to Peter and John. Let's look at Luke 24, verse 10. It says, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. If you take that verse right there and just read it, it sounds like they're all together, right? But we know that Mary Magdalene has run ahead and they've crossed paths. They're not together at all. So you have to know that Mary Magdalene, when she went to tell the apostles, she went to tell Peter and John, but the other ladies in the group, they are all going to tell the other nine. You've got two different stories that are happening right there in that one verse. They're telling the same story, but they're not together. Verse 11, it says, But these words seem like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. The group of ladies went back to the nine and told them what the angel had said to them. That Jesus isn't here, we don't know why you're looking for the living among the dead, but go back and tell the disciples that they need to get to Galilee just like Jesus instructed them to do. Did you get that? They didn't believe the ladies. In 30 AD, in 30 AD, if you went to a court of law, a woman's testimony was not validated. They didn't listen to the ladies. This was 30 AD. So why in the world would we believe these ladies after they've come back and just told this bizarre story? This is what the disciples are thinking. They really believe that when Jesus was talking about being resurrected, that he was talking about being spiritually resurrected, not physically resurrected. Verse 12 says, Peter, however, wait, Peter's not in this group of nine. He's with John, remember. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. 
when Mary Magdalene found Peter and John and told them Jesus is not there, someone stole his body, Peter got up and ran to the tomb. When he stopped to look in, he saw only the linen cloths. So he went away amazed at what had happened. He was amazed at what had happened. Peter looked in, saw the linen cloths, and he was in shock. Was that because Jesus' body had been stolen, or he believed that Jesus had been resurrected? Let's check it out. Look at John chapter 20, verse 3. It says that that, Peter... And the other disciple, who's the other disciple? John. At that, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb based upon what they had heard from Mary Magdalene. The two were running together, but the other disciple, not Peter, but John, referring to himself, outran Peter to get to the tomb first. I'm faster than Peter. He had this little pride issue, but he was humble when he said it. <laughs> Says, stooping down, it's so funny, it's good stuff. He's stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying there. This is John. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. John, too, couldn't believe it. I'm sure he was in a state of shock. Then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloth lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloth, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. John saw two piles of cloth. One that covered his body and one that covered his head. His face. And the one that had covered his head and his face was removed and neatly folded and placed there. If the body is stolen, no one's going to take the time to fold this head cloth. All of a sudden, John figured it out because the linen was folded. It says in verse 8. The other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, then also went in and saw and believed. John just sat there and said, I, I believe Jesus was raised from the dead. He didn't say Peter believed. He said, I believed. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead. I believe at this point that John actually believed in a physical resurrection of his Lord and his Savior rather than just spiritually. Verse 9, it says, For they did not yet understand the scripture that, must rise, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Peter and the other nine, mm-mm, John, Figuring it out. Look at Luke 24, verse 12. It says, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. When he stopped to look in, he saw only the linen cloth, so he went away 
amazed at what had happened. I believe Peter still didn't believe in a physical resurrection. Maybe Jesus is raised spiritually, but Peter still believes that his body had been stolen because that's what Mary Magdalene told him. Look at John 20, verse 11. It says, But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting. Now remember, Mary wasn't there when the other ladies were there, and they saw the two angels. Now Mary's there, and she's at the tomb, and two angels appear to Mary Magdalene. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. It's the first time she had encountered angels. And they said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them. And I don't know where they've put him. She still believes that Jesus' body has been stolen. Mark 16.9 says this, Early on the first day of the week, after he had risen... He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. Having said this, well, let me, let's go to uh, John chapter 20, verse 14. John 20, verse 14. It says, having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, why are you crying? They've, they've taken... She turns around and she looks, and Jesus is staring Mary right in the face. And she can't even recognize him. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing that he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will take him away. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. When Jesus said Mary's name, she knew it was him. Think about this for a second. If you hear Jesus call your name, Mary, Magdalene, the harlot, the harlot, the one who had seven demons inside of her that Jesus cast out, calls her name and says, Mary, she knows it's Jesus. It's like your name being called, and when your name is called, you know that he has made you holy, that he has redeemed you, that he has forgiven you. It's like your name means something. And to Mary, that meant everything. 
as soon as Jesus said her name, she knew it was her Savior. He says in 17, Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father, but to go to my brothers and tell them that I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Now, some of your translations right there will say, don't cling to me. Some of your translations will say, don't touch me. You see, uh, he appeared to a woman first. This is Jesus' first appearance. He appeared to a woman who we just said was formerly a harlot. It's a beautiful story. Now you ask, why is he saying, don't touch me, don't cling to me? I, you know, I honestly don't know if I can answer that for you. If you sit there and read below the line, you know, at the bottom of your Bible, there's all sorts of commentaries and explanations and everything. If you say, don't cling to me, it's like Mary was wanting to hold on to him and keep him from going back to heaven. Don't cling to me, I've got to do my thing, I've still got to go to the Father. If it says, don't touch me, then some people believe that Jesus hadn't yet ascended up to heaven to offer the blood sacrifice on the mercy seat. And he would do that before he sees the other disciples. And so he wasn't ready to be touched yet. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm sure we'll know someday what that is. But he says, don't cling to me. Don't touch me. Mary Magdalene, all of a sudden she went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. Go to Mark chapter 16 again, verse 9. It says, early on the first day of the week after he had risen, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. That was the first person he appeared to. Out of whom he had driven seven demons, she went and reported to those who had been with him as they were mourning and weeping. Yet when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe it. You guys, look, I thought his body was stolen. I went back, I'm sitting there, I'm talking to him, didn't realize it's him, and then he called me by name, and I realized it's him, he really is alive. Why wouldn't you believe me? What? You have to have proof? Look, Matthew 28, 9. It says, just then, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Who, who's them? Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. He's talking about... If you go back to verse 8, so departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. The them there is the other women. There's actually time between verse 8 and verse 9. If you read it together, it gets confusing. But if you see, there's a story in between those verses. Verse 11 says, as they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed 
on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them, say this, his disciples came during the night and stole them while we were sleeping. That's a stupid plan. I mean, the, the Jewish leaders, they're, they're trying to give a lie to the Roman soldiers. How do you know it was the disciples that stole his body if you were asleep? You're going to tell them that you were asleep, but you know exactly who it is that stole his body. That doesn't make sense. You want to know something? That lie that was told right there, still believed today by Jews. still believe that the disciples are the one that came and stole Jesus' body and that he never really resurrected from the dead. You see, uh, that's a stupid lie because even if the Roman soldiers used that lie, the seal would have been broken and their lives would have been at stake. No matter what. Verse 14, it says, If this reaches the governor's ears... We will deal with him and keep you out of trouble. If you lie, we'll keep you safe. <laughs> the Jews are going to keep the Roman soldiers safe. All right. Verse 15. They took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. Matthew just said this was penned years later. Matthew wrote this story 20, 25 years later. And he says, to this day, it's still believed. It's 2019, and that story is still believed. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 12. It says, after this, he appeared in a different form to two of them walking on their way into the country. Not to two of the 12 disciples, but two totally different people. To get to that story, look at Luke 24, 13. This is awesome. Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk with them, but they were prevented from recognizing him. Then he, Jesus, asked them, What is this dispute that you're having with each other as you're walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? Like, this is the biggest story that's going on in town and you don't have a clue what's going on? And then the beautiful thing, Jesus says, Oh, what things? What are you talking about? That's a pretty cool statement right there. Because I believe Jesus has a way of pulling things out of us sometimes. That allows us to discover and have things revealed to us. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him, but were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third, it's the third day 
Jewish perspective says it doesn't have to be a full, complete day. It just has to be part of a day. Jesus was crucified on Friday, buried right before sundown. He was in the tomb part of Friday. He was in the tomb all day Saturday, and he was in the tomb part of Sunday. It says right here, and it was on the third day since things happened. It's even still the third day in this conversation. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, How foolish you are. And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Jesus just said, all that the prophets, Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Haggai, Zephaniah, all of them. How could you not believe what they said. Did you not hear what Isaiah said about a suffering servant that was coming? Did he not foretell you that this was all going to happen? He says, wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning, oh, this, was, this would be so, two guys walking down the road with Jesus and this happens. Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Jesus is walking with these two guys and he unpacks the whole Old Testament with them. That would have been amazing. Yet they didn't have a clue what was going on. They're walking with Jesus and didn't even know it. He's saying all the scriptures are true. Genesis all the way through. It says they came near the village where they were going and they gave the impression that he was going farther. But they urged him, stay with us because it's almost evening and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. They still didn't know it was Jesus. He's unpacking all this revelation with them and they're figuring it out, but they had no clue. It was as, this, it was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. This was not communion. This was not the Lord's Supper because Jesus said that Passover night, hey, look, this is the last time I'm taking this Passover meal with you, the disciples, and I won't do that again until I return for the Messianic kingdom. So this can't be the Lord's Supper that's happening right here. He's just eating with these men. And then it says this, then their eyes were opened. It doesn't say they opened their eyes says, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. God opened their eyes just as Jesus is departing. It, it took them a few hours to figure out it was Jesus. They didn't understand who Jesus was right away. But wait, 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 wait. Jesus unpacked the whole Old Testament with them. All the books, all the prophets, all the history. 
they knew it all, but they didn't realize it was Jesus. Keith just said, how do I get 58 years old and no one's ever told me this? Because his eyes were opened by the Lord. That's why. Because the Lord revealed it to him. Closing up, said they said to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us while we were talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? Wasn't that amazing? Even as we were learning, we didn't understand who he was, but it was still amazing. That very hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. Go to Mark chapter 16, verse 13. It says, they went and reported it to the rest who did not believe them either. Now these two guys like got downloaded the Old Testament by Jesus himself and went back to the disciples and said, you wouldn't believe what just happened. And sure enough, they didn't believe it. Luke 24, 33 says this, that very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11 still in Jerusalem and those with them gathered together who said, the Lord has truly been raised and appeared to Simon. I close with this. I close with this. It says, the Lord has truly been raised. He got up, walked out of the grave. And guess which disciple he went to first. I get it. He went to Mary Magdalene and he went to the women first. But guess which disciple he went to first. The one who three days earlier had denied him three times. Peter, I'll make sure you're all right. Make sure you're good. Coming to you first. You're probably the one that needs it the most. The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Paul reiterates it. He says in 1 Corinthians 15.5, Now I want to make it clear to you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preach to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, and by which you have been being saved. If you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, Peter Cephas, and then to the twelve. That's who my Lord is. He went to Peter first because Peter needed it. God, I pray, I pray that uh, the words that are read from this stage today are your words, not mine. That you open the eyes, that your spirit in this room, this very room, causes us to see it clearly. It causes us enough that we have a desire to seek you out, to go ask the questions, to to be strong when we're weak. 
Lord, that you would do that in this very room. I pray for revelation in this room. Not just this morning, but all week long. That you just continue to reveal your word. I pray for those men right now that are at the banquet and hearing the testimony of their friends and that your word just comes alive to them today. And they hear their name called specifically by Jesus today. It's in your name we pray. Amen.